0: Man, happy new year. Thank Henry and the worship team for uh, getting us set up here. The choir and everyone. Can you believe it's already a new decade? Oh my goodness, can you remember what happened the last ten years? Some of us like, I can't remember what happened the last ten minutes. But this... Uh, it's, it's, it's come and gone so fast. The last decade, I, re, I had two children. Well, yeah, two children. I think that's what? Two, right? Yeah, two. Um, I mean, so much has happened in the last 10 years. It's amazing uh, what God has, has done. And I'm looking forward to seeing what God will do in the next 10 plus years uh, with you, with me, with the church. Uh, I do want you, before we go with the word of prayer... Uh, I do want to clarify that um, the house church meeting this week is tentative to whether we have the school Wednesday or not, okay? So please be expecting, you know, we're just waiting for confirmation, so um, that's all dependent on whether or not we get to school. If we get to school, we'll have midweek, we'll kick off the year with the plans. Uh, if we don't, you know, meet together with your house church and talk about your New Year's resolutions or something fun, All right. Let's go to God with the word of prayer. Uh, Heavenly Father, we come before you thanking you for allowing us to see another new year, another new day. Uh, Father, we know that you have great plans for our lives, and I pray that we can all be on the same page as you. Uh, Father, I pray that whatever it is you have in store for us uh, individually and as a church, that you will see it realized, that we will uh, get on Uh, On your plan, God, that we'll surrender our plans and our resolutions to your resolutions. Father, you may have a totally different resolution list for us. Uh, And we pray that our hearts and minds will be in sync with you and your Holy Spirit, uh, that he will guide us and lead us and direct our steps so that we're on the same page as you. Uh, Father, every day we get to live is a gift. And I pray that we can live every single day of our lives in such a way Uh, as to appreciate uh, what you've given us. Let our time together be pleasing to you, and my words be yours. In Christ Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, happy new year. Oh, my goodness. You know, I have a lot to look forward to this year. Uh, I have a new nephew on the way, Zalika's sister is, you know, and what's funny is that they're having a boy, and guess what the name's going to be? Elias. Her, Zalika's sister, and nigga had the same due date. And they came up with the same name for their kids. So I don't know what's going on, but I'm looking forward to this. So he, sh- he should be on his way in a few weeks. Uh, I'm also looking forward to the Vision 2020 conference in sunny Orlando, Florida. Uh, that's going to be great. Uh, but I think the thing that I'm most excited about is my upcoming 20th anniversary. April 8th, 2020, I have been married to my best friend, the love of my life, for 20 years. I'm looking forward to that. That's a milestone that I eagerly await. Uh, But, you know, like everyone else, I I set goals for this year, things that I want to see happen. But uh, sometimes, you know, I find myself lacking the motivation to do the things that I know is right. Can you relate to that? You know, last year, I felt stuck in some areas of my life. And this year, I don't want the same thing to happen. I don't want to have a repeat of those things. So I had an honest time over the break just to really ask myself some questions. First of all, how did I get stuck? Right? How long did I stay stuck and why? And... Was I able to get unstuck? So these are all the questions that, because if I if I if I'm planning to to achieve any goals this year, I need to make sure that I'm not being held back in the things that had me tripped up in 2019. And so I had to ask myself, you know, how did I get stuck? What were the things, and and how long did I stay stuck? Uh, because sometimes if you're stuck in a certain Situation for a long time, it can be very discouraging. It can be disheartening. It it can be self-defeating. And so I wanted to make sure that if these things reared their ugly head again this year, I know how to get unstuck. And then I had to ask myself, okay, well, what am I bringing into 2020? Just because we changed the calendar, the date on the calendar doesn't mean that things magically change for us. There are some things you are bringing from 2019 into 2020. Some of us are bringing stuff from 2015 into 2020. And this is why it's important for us to talk about this, because if you haven't gotten unstuck, then you're dragging whatever it is you're chained to into this year. And I don't want to do that, because no one likes to get stuck, right? You don't like to be stuck in traffic. You don't like to be stuck behind slow walker or walkers. That drives me crazy in New York. You're walking down the street. It's already crowded. And you got four people walking in a line. And they're taking their sweet time. And you're like, I got somewhere to go. And then you don't know, should I walk around? I don't want to be rude and walk in between. So what do you do? Stuck on long lines. I did all my Christmas shopping online. That is one thing I I did not get stuck in this year, this past year. Have you ever been stuck in an elevator? That's terrifying, isn't it? Especially when the door is open and you're like in between floors. Did that ever happen to you? No one likes to be stuck in an elevator. How about being stuck in a bad mood? Maybe you should ask the people around you that question. (laughs) You know, because no one likes to be stuck in a bad mood, and you especially don't like to be stuck with someone who's in a bad mood. Some may feel like they're stuck in a bad relationship. Stuck in debt. Or maybe like me... You felt yourself stuck in a spiritual rut. Some of us may feel and find themselves stuck in a career that is draining the life out of you. In case you don't know, facts is the new amen for the 21st century. So when someone says facts, which is usually a young person, they're saying amen, all right? I just want to translate for you guys. So then what do you do? I mean, when you realize that you're stuck, what do you do? Right? Now, there's some situations that are just out of your control, and you just have to wait it out. When you're stuck in traffic, there's a, your options are limited. There's not a whole lot you can do legally. When you're stuck in a long line, like Costco or BJ's, and you know how we're like doing this to see if there's a short line or we're just hoping, why don't they have this? Why don't they open up another? You know, you just got to wait it out. Or what about when you're waiting for God to answer a prayer? That's out of your control. You just have to exercise patience and decide, you know what? I'm going to grow in patience while I wait on the Lord. Other times, it is well within your power to get unstuck. But the desire, the strength, and the willingness just isn't there. So how do you get unstuck? Well, there's one way to do it. If you've ever lived in Japan and taken a train, a subway in Japan, the Oshias, or pushers, help you get unstuck. Now this is not a joke. This is actually how things are done in the subway system in the crowded metropolitan area of Japan. These attendants are actually paid to help people get on the train. And sometimes as people are getting on the train, their arms get stuck, their bags get stuck. So their job is to make sure that everyone gets on the train, that no one misses their train, that everyone gets to where they need to be, even if they have to push you ahead. So there's one way to get unstuck. Sometimes we all need a little push to get to where we need to go. Otherwise, we will never move. We're going to talk about that in a little bit. But there is another way. We can move forward. Our theme for the year is simply forward. Forward. That's our theme for the year. And my message today is moving forward. You know, when, you, when you're challenged to be stuck, to stay stuck, say to yourself, I'm moving forward. Because you have a God on your side that's all about moving forward. God sent prophets to tell his people to stay But when it was time to move, he would send them to say, all right, now it's time for us to move forward. I think today God is telling us it's time to move forward. For some of us, it's been a long time coming since you've heard or been encouraged to move forward. I think sometimes we get a little too sentimental with each other and we let people stay where they're at for many different reasons, but I believe God wants us to move forward, and we're going to move forward, amen? You know, God must have known we would struggle with this, because Paul addressed this very issue within the Philippian church, and the good news is that we're not the first people to struggle with this. You know, the people in Paul's day did as well, so turn with me over to Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3, we're going to start together in verse 12. Philippians 3, verse 12. Now, I like how Paul starts this this off. He says, not that I have obtained all this. So Paul is saying here, you know what, I'm still working on this. So I'm not coming to you as someone who's figured it all out. Okay, I'm still going after this myself. But here's what I decided. Here's what I've decided. I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers, I do not consider myself to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. All of us who are mature should take such a view of things. And if at some point you think differently, well, that too God will make clear to you. Only let us live up to what we have already attained. You know, Paul had a goal to be all that God wanted him to be. And this goal would require all of Paul's energy. And Paul's attitude was, I am moving forward. I haven't figured it all out. And I think sometimes that's the thing that keeps people stuck. They figure, well, once I learn this, or once I know this, or once Google it. And move forward. We have we are more informed as a people, as humanity today than Mankind has ever been. We have more information at our disposal than the world has ever seen, and yet people are still stuck. You have all this information, all this knowledge. Why aren't you moving forward? Maybe it's because your attitude is not like Paul's. Paul said, I haven't obtained all this, I haven't figured it all out, but here's one thing I do. I press on. I stream toward what's ahead. we got to have that attitude if we're going to move anywhere. See, you can't move forward without some effort. God is not some genie who magically takes you from one place to the next. He'll move when you move. If you decide to stay right there, he'll stay with you. But at some point, God's like, okay, we've been here for like 10 years. Can we move somewhere? Can we go? I mean, he, even when Israel was in the desert for 40 years, God said, okay, now it's time to move forward. He never kept his people in the same spot forever. So God wants you to move forward. You know, it's interesting that The words that Paul chose to use to describe his efforts. He uses this word, press on, straining toward. Why? Because he realizes that moving forward won't come easy. And that the effort is worth it because the prize is worth it. And so this word that he used, press on, is actually a hunting term used by people in Paul's day, when they were hunting or pursuing something like the octopus in this video. This octopus is pursuing a crab. It's hungry. It didn't give up after a few tries. It pressed on. It kept going. And eventually, as you'll see right here, he gets the prize. When you're hungry for something, you press on towards that and you don't rest until you get the prize. Paul said, I am on the hunt for the prize. I'm going to pursue it until I achieve it. And that's how we have to approach what God desires for us to become. I'm going to go after this thing. You know, I don't know if you can really see in the video, but there were a lot of fish, big fish, underneath this octopus. He wasn't worried about all that. See, my biggest hang-up last year was I allowed myself to be distracted by all the other things moving on around me instead of keeping my eyes on the prize. I believe that there's some growth that God had planned for me last year that I missed because I allowed myself to get distracted by all the other things going on around. Things that I can't control. Not this year. Because I'm going to go after my prize. I'm going to go after becoming who God wants me to be and who God has dreamed for me to be. You know, Paul realized he had a long way to go, but nothing would stop him from moving forward. Not even his past. Paul said, forgetting what is behind. I'm going to move forward. We need to learn from our past. Mistakes, experiences, things we've done, things done to us. We need to learn from that. But we can't live back there. Because the blessings are ahead. The prize is So we got to move forward. You can't even let your past keep you from moving forward. If you're in Christ, he said, you're a new creation. So why are you acting like the old creation, the old nature? You're something entirely different. So start living like that and not let yourself be stuck. You know, we have to decide that we're going to move ourselves forward. Yeah, I love sports, and you know, I believe that Paul, I believe Paul loved sports, because he uses a lot of sports analogies in his letters, and he uses this term straining towards what ahead. This is a sports term for someone reaching towards the goal, and I think it's like these, these runners who, when, when they get close to the finish line, they stretch. To get that extra itch, that extra advantage against the other runners. Paul is saying this is the attitude you and I have to have. That we're going to stretch ahead. We're going to strain forward because we want to win. He said to run as though you're trying to win this thing. Not like you're just running casually through Central Park for some cardio exercise. Paul's like run as though you're running for your life. Because that's the type of effort it's going to take. Now, some of us are like, well, James, I want to do this, but I need this. I need more of this. I need you to do this. I need the church to help me with this. I need somebody to do this for me. What if I were to tell you that right now you have everything you need to move forward? Would that motivate you? Would that encourage and inspire you to know, wait a second, you already have what you need to move forward. Right, some of y'all are like, uh, um, should I say? Let's look at the Bible. Because you've got to move yourself forward. God will not move you beyond where you're willing to go. If you're willing to go forward, God will move you forward. But if you're stubborn, God won't move you. Because God is not going to violate his rule of free will. God gave you free will. And God needs your permission to move forward. Now, because he is a loving father that he is, he will send some things to help you move forward. But you still have to decide to willingly allow God to move you and your heart forward. Let's look over some scriptures. Second Peter 1 verse 3, his divine power has given us what? Everything. We need for what? Life and godliness. You have everything you need to live a life of godliness and life in general because of what you know about Jesus. Because of what you already know about Jesus. You don't need to know Greek. You don't need to know Aramaic. You don't need to know Hebrew to know what you know To move forward. If you know Jesus, you know enough to move forward. You know enough. You have everything in you. In John 15, verse 4, Trinity referred to this passage, Remain in me and I will remain in you. Makes sense, doesn't it? Stay close to Jesus. Jesus will stay close to you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit. Unless you remain in me, you got to stay close to Jesus. If you want to if you want to become something in Christ, you got to be close to Him. You got to remain in Him. I am the vine; you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Now, here is where sometimes we get too smart for our own good. John fifteen verse seven: If you remain in me all right, we are, we bought into it, Jesus. I stay close to you, you'll stay close to me. I remain in you, I will bear much fruit. But here's what Jesus trips some people up. Ask whatever you wish, and it will be given you. Whatever I wish. Now here's the thing. This is one of the things that tripped me up. Because I've been around for 20 plus years, I'm like, well, yeah, he gonna give you everything. We explain away things, we over spiritualize things, because we don't get what we think we need and want. We don't think that he will actually give us whatever we wish. Jesus said it. And I'm thinking, how many times have I read this passage and right away said, yeah, but that's not everything. That's because our faith is not in Jesus. It's in our ability or the things that we see. So in other words, if you're asking for an advance in your career and you don't see it happening right away in your timing, We go to it's not going to happen because our faith is in either our ability to impress our bosses, in the the company's ability to afford to pay us more, but is it really in Jesus who can do the miraculous, who can do whatever you wish? And this is where sometimes our faith gets tripped up. Because we're like, well, Jesus didn't give me what I asked for last year. Well, maybe his timing is not your timing. Sometimes it doesn't even come the way you want it to come. But it is what you wished. Sometimes we ask for things for face value. But what we're really asking for is God to meet a need in our lives. And so God said, okay, I'm going to meet that need. But it's not going to look the way you want it. But I am going to meet the real need. When you look through the scriptures, Jesus was often approached by people who asked him to do simple things. Heal me. Heal my son. And Jesus did it. But then he would go and meet the deeper need. And I think sometimes as believers, we question whether Jesus will do what he said he'll do. And this is where those of us who are mature will take such view of things. When you you understand that God is really in control, and that means you surrendered all, like the song we just sung a few minutes ago. When you realize that God is fully in control, everything that's working in your life is working because God is trying to give you what you asked. It may not be on your time. It may not look how you want, but God will actually give you everything you ask for. Jesus said it, I'm going to take him at his word. I'm no longer going to doubt because I'm like, man, how many blessings have I missed because I refuse to ask for whatever? Because I try to explain away why God wouldn't give me what I asked for. If you want it, ask him for it, let him tell you no. Don't tell yourself, no, well, Lord, if you don't feel like I need that or you don't think I need, then, uh, you know. And we try to be more spiritual than God. Ask for it. Tell him what you want. Tell him why you want it. Let him be the one to change your mind. In 1 John 4, you, dear children, are from God and have overcome. Because the one who is in you is greater than who? The one who is in the world. Who is he talking about? He's talking about our enemy, the devil. Right here, John is telling us that what is inside of you, if you're a disciple of Jesus, is greater than the one you're up against every day. So you have everything you need to move forward. Not even the devil can stop you. That's what John is saying. Peter said, you are equipped. You have everything you need. John, John, Peter, Jesus said himself and John, just keep, stay close to me. Read your Bible. Pray. Obey. That's how you stay close to me. And right here, John is saying, and guess what? Not even the devil can keep you from moving forward. So if Satan can't keep you from moving forward, then what keeps us from moving forward? me i keep me from moving forward you keep you from moving forward because satan can't keep you from moving forward he has to get permission from god just to tempt you and that's all he can do is tempt you so if we're not moving forward you can't blame it on the devil you can't blame it on not knowing enough And you can't blame it on Jesus not giving you what you want. And here's the good thing about that. You can change it. Now that you know it's just me deciding to move forward, it can change today. It doesn't have to take a whole year. It can change today. You know, Paul said only live up to what you've already obtained. If you've been a disciple or part of this church for over five years or so, maybe even a year, you have heard more sermons, you have been in more Bible discussions, midweek lessons, if you've gone to any of your church conferences, you have heard so much Bible, You've heard sermons, and you probably heard the same sermon five times since you've been a Christian. I mean, you've heard so many things. We have so much. I mean, we're overfed spiritually. We really are. We have so much. Live up to what you've already heard. Go over your old notes. If you need more inspiration... Pull up a sermon or a message or a lesson you heard five years ago and remind yourself, oh, wait a second. I mean, we have things that we've already done. We've already heard and learned. Just live up to those things. And you can move forward. See, my biggest issue and one of my biggest weaknesses is I tend to overthink things a lot. And it it takes me a while to make a decision because I overthink it. Don't overthink this. Just go forward. It's as simple as that. Decide, I'm going forward. Do what you need to do and do what you know to do. And just move forward. You know you need to read your Bible, right? Didn't do that. You know you need to pray, right? Didn't do that. You know you need to share your faith in order for it to grow, right? Didn't do that. Do what you are. You got. To, you know you need to help people. You know you need to get help. Do the things you already know to do, and you can move forward. For about eight years, our campus ministry was stuck in one area. You know, we saw some great young women baptized um, and added to God's kingdom. You know, when Lisha was doing campus ministry back in the days, we saw some great girls become Christians, um, you know, I think um, Diamond helped out for a while, and, and, and thank God he sent us Leslie, and we've seen some great women become Christians there, and all the girls that she has helping us. So we've seen some great women at it. But for eight years, we hadn't seen one guy saved in the campus ministry here at City College. And we had some great guys serving I mean, for the past two years, Ed McCall has been on campus, you know, in his free time. Ed would come, lead Bible discussions, study the Bible with a few guys, and I would come up. And, and we're just scratching our heads. I'm like, man, we're the best people we know. I mean, how, how, come, how come we can't help anybody? <laughs> we're like, we're trying to figure this thing out, man. We're praying, and we're like, God, and, and, and then, you know, we, we started to get serious, and we just started asking God. And we got a few guys, and they were close, but then they decided they didn't want to move forward. They still come to everything, but they just decided, I'm not, I'm not ready to move forward. And we kept praying, and we kept praying. And then our, 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 our sister Jessie and the brother who was visiting from, I believe was Boston, Chicago, Chi-town. They were out sharing their faith, and they met a young man, And, you know, did the same thing that we were all doing. Met a young guy, started talking to him about the Bible, and he's, you know, and they said, man, this guy seems like he's pretty interested in studying the Bible. So he starts studying the Bible. On January 1st of 2020, Reggie Moore became your brother in Christ. You know, nobody is better than God at getting things unstuck and moving forward. And one of the things that's special about Reggie is his willingness to do whatever. He gave us a scare. I, You know, we, we talked about this. He gave us a scare because he was like, I don't know if I'm ready to move forward. I'm like, here we go again. And. He called, well, he sent me a text while we were in Pennsylvania, and, you know, I'm, I'm supposed to be on vacation. But he sent me a text, and I'm like, who is this? They didn't recognize the number. Hey, James, this is Reggie. I'm ready to get baptized. Stephen told me, well, when can we do it? I'm like, what? Like, where, where did this come from? I'm in Pennsylvania, Stephen's somewhere in the mountains, and we're like, oh, my goodness, we got to get this guy, we got to figure this thing out. And he he, he, he he was waiting for my response, and he was like, man, I'm too, I'm, I'm, I'm. so he was ready to make it happen himself, which is like, okay, he's ready. And, and, you know, and it's encouraging to see that God is saying, you know, we're ready to move forward now. We're ready to move forward. And we gave, Reg, we gave Reggie the challenge, you know, move yourself but then we want, help you, we want to encourage you to help someone else. Move yourself, move someone else. Paul wrote this letter to the Philippians to get them moving in the right direction. In Philippians 4, verse 9, it says, Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. Now, Paul wasn't only concerned about moving himself forward. He wanted to also help move someone else forward. And that's why he wrote these letters. That's why he he appealed to the to the Philippian brothers and sisters, because they were stuck in some areas. And he's like, Look, this is the attitude that I have. Imitate me. And let's move forward. Let's 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 help other people move forward. And you know, I honestly believe that part of the reason why it's hard for some of us to move forward is because we're in a state of inertia. And if anyone has Taking physics in, in, in school, you know that inertia is is the law of movement, is, uh, of moving forward. You you know it takes um, it takes an uh, an object at rest stays at rest unless an outside force moves it forward. And so, when you apply this to people, it just simply means that you will not. Some people have the tendency to do nothing or remain unchanged. And so when you look at it like that, we're defiant, it's like it's physics. You know, if you're not moving forward, it's because there's nothing moving you. And you you gotta ask yourself, well, why am I not moving forward? Why am I remaining unchanged? Why am I still where I was five years ago? It's all physics, spiritual physics, because we know that there is a force that does move us forward. The Bible tells us that we're compelled by what? The love of Christ Jesus. And so if you were compelled by anything outside of Jesus, chances are at some point you will get stuck. Because Jesus needs to be our only motivation. If it's anything else, if it's relationships in the church, eventually relationships change. Relationships can fail, but God will never fail, God will never change. If it's in the church itself, if you have high expectations, and at some point you are finding yourself moving forward because the church is behind you. And now you may see that the shift has gone to someone else or a different focus. And, whoa, I'm not getting the support or the excitement that I was when I got baptized. When they announced me on a Sunday service at a midweek and, and, and said, I got baptized, now it's not me. Whoa, wait a second. You didn't say the New York City Church of Christ is Lord. You said Jesus is Lord. So Jesus has to continue to be the reason you move forward. If you're only pure for the sake of your marriage, you will eventually get stuck. If you're only pure for the sake of not getting caught or exposed, eventually you'll get stuck. It has to be because of the love of Christ that compels you. You're grateful for what Jesus has done for you. If you're stuck in debt, your motivation should be, I'm a disciple of Jesus. The Bible says, let no debt remain outstanding except that which is loving others. So I need to get this, get myself out of debt because I am a disciple of Christ. Not because I want to buy a house. Not because I want to improve my credit score. But because I'm compelled by the love of Jesus. There's something broken in your relationship. There's something broken in your heart. The motivation has got to be the love of Jesus. Man, I can't stay here. Jesus was on the cross for me. For me. I got to move forward. I can't stay here. See, when you have the right motivation... You're moving forward without even realizing you're moving forward. You know, Peter got stuck. What was it that got him unstuck? His renewed commitment to Jesus. And he never stopped moving forward since. Every single one of us can get out of whatever it is that's keeping us stuck. If Jesus is our motivation. The sheer gratitude for what he's done for you can get you out of any situation because you know that your faith is in him. That's how you move an object. You apply a force greater than the object itself. And Christ's love is powerful. I've seen Jesus' love move hearts that nothing else could. And they move because of Jesus Christ. You know, I want to encourage you to do what I did. I want to encourage you to imitate me. And take a moment today or tomorrow and write down what area in your life do you want God to help you to move forward. And then on that same list, write down the names or name of someone you want to help move forward. See, once you gain some momentum and move forward, you got to pull somebody along with you or push them forward. Move yourself, move someone else. That's our goal for this year. It's simple, it's biblical, and it's absolutely doable. Move yourself, move someone else. Imagine what our community would look like if we were able to model forward progression before our friends and our neighbors. If they saw you moving forward and that you're helping other people move forward, imagine what our community would look like. Imagine what your job would look like if your coworkers saw you moving forward and then you're taking the time to help someone else move forward. Imagine what the marriages, around you would look like if they saw despite all that you've gone through, you're still moving forward. That inspires them to move forward. And then you can help them move forward. Now here's the thing, and I'm going to close out with this. Moving forward is going to look different for all of us. It's not going to look the same. But the effort, the energy, the focus is all the same. The motivation is the same. The love of Christ is going to look different. My moving forward is going to look different than your moving forward. My marriage moving forward is going to look different than your marriage moving forward. The singles are going to look different moving forward than the marrieds. The teens, the campus are going to look different Don't get caught up in somebody else's forward progression. Some people need a little more force than others. You may need only a little budge. Some of us may need to get a couple people behind them. And you know what? That's okay. That's what you need at the time. But at least you're moving forward. Amen. God be the glory.